you can always set deadlines, but it's only you that you're accountable to. So you can easily change them. So having a whole group that you're accountable to and told them exactly when you're watching, that's, I think, what really helped me the most to get out of my head. Welcome to Socialette. I'm your host, Steph Taylor. As a launch strategist and digital marketer, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way while building a seven-figure online business. If you're an overwhelmed business owner struggling to scale while also keeping your clients happy, this podcast is for you. Join me as I share actionable advice for creating an online business that feels good and brings you so much joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt that is designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co slash dbb or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 510. Today, I'm bringing one of my wonderful Launch Magic students into the podcast, Shelly Judge. She is a children's nutritionist who has used her experience in children's behavior, psychology, and nutrition to educate and guide families on helping their children enjoy all food and presenting well-rounded, healthy options for them to enjoy. In today's episode, we're talking about how Shelly has fueled her purpose into creating mealtime magic and how she's launched this program to change the thoughts and behaviors around food for children. We're talking a little bit about her process of creating and launching her program at the same time. We're talking the nitty gritty around her launch. So the fears that happened when she went into it, what she learned from the launch, mistakes that she's made along the way, as well as what she's going to do differently next time she launches. This was an awesome chat and it's been super fun for me as a creator, digital product creator, to see one of my students go through the process, follow it to a T and apply the learnings that she's had from going through that process. So without any further ado, let me introduce you to Shelly Judge. Shelly, when you, I've, I've known you for quite a few years now, but when you originally signed up for Launch Magic, which was what, like a year ago, not even a year ago. Yeah, you, it was only about six months. Yeah. Yeah. So you came in with an idea for an awesome program. I'd love for you to tell my listeners what was it that you were launching. Yeah. So I had an idea to launch a uh, six week course from the research I had done with my clients. That's what they wanted, uh, and have a course that actually helped them understand everything about meal times and the nutrition that their kids actually need. So I wanted to create a one-stop shop where they get it all and they have it all there and then we can go on and help them further down the line with actually uh, making it more specific to their case, but every single bit of information is there. And that's what Mealtime Magic is. But I actually created it while I was going through Launch Magic. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you a little bit about that in a minute because I know... Creating a course and launching it at the same time can be pretty scary for a lot of people. Um, but thinking about mealtime magic, how did you come up with the idea for it? Yeah, so I'm a kids nutritionist and I just see so much lack of information or confusing information out there online. 
So I wanted to create a space where parents can come and it's all there. They can understand the process and in a very specific order as well of what to implement to help uh, make sure that they're reaching, you know, their nutrition goals for their kids, but also making sure that they're meeting those nutritional, those mealtime behaviors as well and introducing new food because it can be such a stressful time for parents and it doesn't need to be. Uh, it's almost like a little bit of a rite of passage for some parents. You know, they feel like it's just supposed to be a stressful time, which I think is the case for so many different issues out there. But I particularly see this with mealtime. So I really wanted to create a step-by-step process. And that's what we've done with the week-by-week framework, which sets them up to create these stress-free mealtimes. Yeah, so so why um, why did you want to create it as a program or a course rather than one-on-one or delivering it, at, say, as like live in-person workshops? Like what was the reasoning behind the digital product format? Yeah, so I already do one-on-ones and they are absolutely fantastic. They are very time-consuming though. So that was a big factor of me wanting to have the base information of what they really need to do to set up their meal times. And then use more of my one-on-one style uh, sessions where we can dig deeper if needed with a specific case that's going on. Uh, but yeah, the digital framework was so important to me because I wanted a space where they could come back to. They have lifetime access to it so they can come back to it when they need. They can refresh on uh, all of the different strategies that are there. And also then they have that for any kid that they have as well. So if they've got a two-year-old now and they've got a six-month-old, when their two-year-old, when their six-month-old is starting to eat more and, you know, have free mealtime behavior, they can come back to the course and get that support there. Yeah, it's such a great idea. And Obviously, like it's something that they'll come back to over and over again. But was there, when you first had that idea, was there anything that was like, that maybe held you back or that was scaring you from, is holding you back from creating the digital version of essentially what you were doing in the one-on-ones? Definitely, because it's a cheaper version of what I am putting out there in the one-on-ones. But Ultimately, I looked at it and I thought I can offer this to them cheaper, which I also wanted to find a way to do because I know that times are tough at the moment and I know that this isn't always a priority, even though it should be because the stress just doesn't need to be there. Uh, But I wanted to create something that is um, accessible to everybody. So that was a big reason that I did want to do this digital course. Uh, and also be able to make sure that I can support more people as well because I do have limited uh, number of one-on-ones that I can do per week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to hear, so you you created it at the same time that you launched it. So I'd love to hear, like, what was your process? Um, where did you start with creating it? And, like, how did you make it happen, essentially? Because obviously you're running a business at the same time. You're super busy. Uh, a lot of people are in the same shoes as you where they tr- they want to create something like this, but they just can't find the time and it ends up being something that gets procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated. So how did you actually make it happen? I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was very difficult. 
<laughs> of course. I I think that it's what I also needed because I've had this idea for so long, but mealtime magic, uh, sorry, launch magic actually kept me accountable and made sure I was creating everything to be finished. You know, I had a timeline that I could set myself. I had a launch date and I wanted everything done. It was just a way to really keep me accountable to it all so that, you know, I couldn't continue to procrastinate. And I did end up uh, doing it over a period of time where I was a little bit quieter in my other work so I could take a little bit of a step back because it is a lot of work doing a launch from scratch as well as creating the actual digital product you are watching. Yeah, what would you say was the hardest part? Um, I think actually create like honestly creating that product could be changed so many times. But I'm also this is why I'm also so glad that I created it at the same time because I had such an idea and I had done research with my target audience about you know my concept for my digital product, but. Launch Magic takes you through so many different steps of doing that target research that I actually completely ended up changing so much about my course in the end. So I think that it was really, really good to get into their minds and make sure that I could uh, deliver what they needed. Can you do any examples come to mind of things that you um, the things that you changed or things that you assumed about your target audience that turned out to be not true or different to what you expected? Uh, one of them was like just the topics even that I was covering. So I shifted them a little bit and what did I say? Um, I was going to do more of a group coaching thing with it, but when I really dug deep up, I actually just stood on that a little bit of time for them to ask some questions every week was all that they wanted and needed because the course had everything else and, and they're busy people or they're you're looking after kids they're likely working as well uh they needed something that would fit around their schedule not something that is tied to a specific time every week yeah i, I mean i had something similar when i launched my podcast launch plan initially as a group program and what i i assumed that you know people want a group program yay support hand-holding and what I found out when I talked to people after I launched it and only two people signed up, when I talked to people who didn't buy it, they were like, oh, yeah, but we've got kids. It was summer holidays. Their kids were at home. Uh, we don't want to show up to calls at the same time each week. We don't have time to. All of those things that, yeah, we we assume we know best. But then when we talk to them, it's like this light bulb moment of, oh, I get it. Okay, maybe maybe I don't always know best. Yeah, exactly. You know what you think they need, but until you actually talk to them, you don't know what's going to work for them. And I think that that was what was so important. I knew that I needed to do that, but it was more about like, how do I actually really do that? And that's what Watch Magic really helped me with beyond the actual just launch process as well. Yeah. So let's talk about the launch a little bit now. Heading into that launch, what kind of fears did you have around it? Because we all feel some kind of fear popping up when we're headed to, headed to a launch. What kind of fears, what kind of, um, I don't know, mindset mark was coming up for you heading into that launch? Oh, so many fears. I feel like I have always uh, had imposter syndrome in my business. I always feel, you know, 
such a pressure talking to parents because I never want to come across like I know best. While I have had all of the the study behind me, you know, I've been to university for six years and I've, I know this stuff so well, things are still different for every single family and I'm not going to create more judgment in this space. So imposter syndrome is always a massive one for me and that was probably the biggest thing when it came to launching. But I think that's what I love so much about the live calls with you every week, uh, even more magic because I think I came, especially towards the end, I would come every week with different questions and it was just a lot of mindset stuff that I needed help with. Yeah, was with the imposter syndrome, was there anything in particular that you did or that you didn't do to work through it? Because I know that's something that can hold a lot of people back from launching. I think I just stopped procrastinating because I had a deadline that was given to me by the course, by Launch Magic, and I just stopped letting it get to me as much, which I know isn't like a tactic that you can really like help yourself up with, but it was just about that accountability was there. I had dates I had to meet. I just met it like a normal deadline you'd have with clients. Yeah. And it, I guess from that, at that point, it becomes, it stops being a something that you would like to do and it becomes something that you just have to do and you suck it up and you do it. <laughs> exactly. And then you lose that, you know, perfectionism with it as well. All the good, you know, since then launching of then change little bits again in the course. And I think that's what's so important. And what I really learned with yours is that it doesn't have to be no big. And that can be really hard because I know I'm a bit of a perfectionist that I always have been, but I use that to procrastinate. So I think learning not to procrastinate by just putting it out imperfectly is the best way to be. Was that really hard though? Like I, it's really easy for me to sit here and be like, yeah, don't procrastinate. Don't make it perfect. Just put it out there. But when you are a perfectionist, it's really hard to just do that. It seems like it should be easy, but it's not. Oh, it's so hard. And you do have to do the work to just get it done. But I think that I just would limit how much I would be rereading over everything. Um, and, you know, that was also good because I simply didn't have the time to do it when I was going through the course and also creating uh, my own course and also doing client work <laughs> that I'd already had. Yeah. <laughs> Just a few <laughs> things on the plane. I'm too procrastinate anymore. That's, it's so true though. When they say like you want something done, give it to a busy person. It's yeah. almost as if when you are launching and creating at the same time, as well as dealing with clients, suddenly, yeah, you don't have this time to be a perfectionist. You don't have this time to procrastinate. You just have to get it done. And I think that's some of the, that's probably one of the best things about just trying to squish it all into this condensed time period. Definitely. And that's what I loved about it because I mean, I've always been such a deadline person. Like I will always work for the deadline. I do some of my best work in the, you know, week or the days before that deadline. So yeah, just having that set in stone for me was really good because, you know, as a small business owner, you can always set deadlines, but it's only you that you're accountable to. So you can easily change them. So having a whole group that you're accountable to and told them exactly when you're launching, that's, I think, what really helped me the most to get out of my head. Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about your actual launch now. How did it go? Uh, it wasn't as successful as I wanted. I did launch in the middle of the flood and the Ukraine war, though. 
Um, so I don't want to make excuses, but it wasn't a great time of um, life at that point um, with what, everything that was going on in the world. Uh, but from it, I learned so much and that's what, so I'm still seeing it as a success. Um, the course is still up and running and I've had more people come in since. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to hopefully launch it again soon. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the things that you learned from it. What's probably the biggest takeaway that you took from going through the whole process and coming out the other end? Yeah. So I, while I, you know, originally had that group coaching idea attached to the course, I let go of that and just did sort of like a weekly Q&A with them. Um, but I've actually let go of that even now completely. And I think I was keeping it too structured still for, you know, it was me giving them a little bit of what they wanted, but still, you know, being like, no, this is what you need. So I think actually launching it and realizing, no, they actually just need to go through it. And then that's why I'm, they just need to go through it themselves at a time that works for them. Uh, and it just unlocks now after they've finished, you know, the module previously. And then there's a Facebook group that they can connect in as well. And I jump in there and ask, answer any questions when they need. When you closed doors to your launch, did you send out a non-bias survey? No, I didn't because I'm uh, so busy and it was very naughty of me, I know. <laughs> have you done one yet? Uh, no, I haven't. I know, I know, I know. it's terrible. <laughs> this is my homework for you because, no, the reason I ask though is because I can hear like you've made so many changes yeah. as a result of the launch, but without that you, you might find that in the non-bias survey, it was just that people were like, oh, we thought the world was going to explode because of when you, because, you know, like back when that was happening, people yeah. literally did think that. Uh, so it might not have even been anything wrong with the messaging. And it's, yeah, it's always a good idea to send one of those out as soon as you can after you close doors. Definitely. And I, I did have conversations with particular people. I just didn't send out a formal, um, a formal survey. So I did have conversations with some of the people that were looking at the course and sort of just asking them a few questions of why they were, you know, why they didn't end up buying. Um, so that was a big thing. It is just a time thing and also a money thing. Uh, I think with my target audience in particular, I think money is always going to be an issue, but with families, it's, it is a very expensive time at the moment. Groceries are so expensive. You know, the cost of living is rising. And with that, you know, comes a lot of expenses. So I have also found this way then to be able to reduce the cost of it a little bit by taking out that weekly live. Um, and then also later down the track, I'm hoping to launch the, the group coaching element individually to a smaller group of people yeah oh, I love that and you know what like I think price and cost is always going to be it's going to be an objection for like 99% of yeah. businesses because the reality is when you are launching a digital product you're generally launching to people who are DIY they want to DIY whatever the solution is they're not the people who are like, yes, I've got all of the money in the bank account. I just want to pay somebody to make this problem go away for me. 
the people who are paying for courses and the, the DIY version are always going to be on some kind of a budget, which means that we're always coming up against that objection of cost, of cost, of price, of investment. But the thing is that once they start to see how the, they can't live without the results, that's when it becomes a lot easier. And that first launch is always so challenging because you don't, you're generally going in it without the testimonials of people who've been through the program before. But I'm curious, actually going into, um, going into your launch, were you using testimonials from previous clients? Um, because obviously you didn't have anyone who'd gone through the program before. Yes. Yeah. I did have a few testimonials from different clients, uh, because it is, a very similar process to what I do take them through when I work on one-on-one sessions. Uh, so I was able to get some good testimonials through that. Uh, but I have a lot more now uh, for the next launch that people have actually gone through the course itself. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, were there any mistakes that you think you made other than not sending out the non-bias survey? <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably I it's right. <laughs> I think that's definitely the main one. I know I just kept on forgetting about it and then it got too late, but I do um, need to do something. And that's why I just started having sort of the one-on-one conversations in my DMs on social and asking people like, you know, a few more of those questions. Yeah. And what will you do differently in your next launch? Have you thought about that? Other than obviously changing the actual course. Um, yeah, this is mainly the changes to the actual course and a little bit of change, changes to copy. But I do think, you know, from those conversations I did have with people, I do think the copy, um, really converted quite well. It was just that, yeah, we just had a few little issues with the course and, um, and the cost as well. So I'm just changed that structure and pulled it apart into two different products, I guess. How are you feeling coming into the second launch? Have you set a date for it yet? No, I haven't. I've been really sick the past few weeks and uh, everything has just been delayed. So I'm taking the pressure off myself. And yeah. by the end of May, that's when I'm going to sit down and actually sort out my dates and make sure I have it all set up because I know you've got your next round of uh, launch magic now. So I'll probably go through that again, maybe just a few weeks late. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this time around, it's totally, we're doing it. Um, so the modules are coming out in stages instead of week by week. So you won't actually be a few weeks late. You'll just join. I will be partway through a stage already, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, like, how are you, are you feeling more excited for this second launch? Are you feeling more afraid? Like, how are you feeling about this next one? No, I'm feeling so much more confident with this one. Once you've gone through like one, I just think you've, you understand kind of what you've got to do and now you can focus on more about how you can really make those little changes that are going to make all the difference. Yeah, that's my favorite yeah. thing about launching more yeah. than once. It's like it actually becomes so easy the second time. You're like, what am I what what should I even do? If I touch yeah, things, I'm, I'm gonna break them. <laughs> I'll have a lot more time on my hands because I might be creating the whole course at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna actually you'll probably be bored. You'll be like, what do I do with myself? <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a bit about like your launch process. So like coming up when you started um, in that first sort of 60 to 90 days where you were sharing that launch content, what kind of content were you sharing? I'd love some examples of what kind of content you were sharing um, around the mealtimes to get people ready to buy Mealtime Magic. 
Uh, so a lot of them were some mistakes that often happen at mealtimes uh, and how that sort of does lead to pressure at mealtimes. I think uh, that was a big learning for me in um, Launch Magic was actually how I phrased my content so that it wasn't just teaching them everything or teaching them the strategies, but it was helping them get to that point where they need to understand what what was the, what did you call it? The magician's gap, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So finding that point and that's what really changed with my content during that 69 to 90 days. Uh, so yeah, I did a lot of the stuff of helping them understand where things were going wrong. Uh, and then the course was then solving how we actually fix things. Mm, and what, what was your webinar topic? Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was about simplifying mealtimes uh, and, yeah, creating, you know, mealtimes without the stress. Oh, I, so it. I had it quite broad, but then I brought it down into three different areas and gave them different tips and also gave them a little bit of a takeaway activity to do as well. That's awesome. And how did you find doing a webinar? Was this your first webinar that you'd done? I've done online workshops, but this was definitely the first webinar I've done where I was had a whole sales pitch at the end as well. And that is what I absolutely loved about like the template that you had because it steps you through how to actually do that. Because I hate being salesy. I think everyone does. Oh, we all hate that. Yeah. It's so hard to be salesy. You just want people to understand, but you have to sell where where business is in the end of the day. So um, I think that was really, really helpful to actually understand how to structure that. Yeah. What were your, like, because I think we all kind of relate to this feeling of, I don't want to sell, like it's going to turn people off. What kind of feelings were you coming up against? Or what kind of thoughts were you coming up against when it came to selling, especially in that webinar, but throughout the cart open time? Um, I think I just didn't want to like annoy people. Which sounds so stupid because then it following me because I'm a business. But I think um, in the world of social media, it is very difficult when that is your main platform because there is an expectation that there is an element of free content provided. And that is what we all do. We all put out free content that educates. So I think when it comes to actually selling, One, you can feel icky about it, but you can also just be like, well, I don't want to annoy people and then they're going to unfollow me and they're not going to like me anymore because I'm trying to like get their money. But that's not what it is. And that's, and so you've got to rephrase how you actually think about it. Yeah. I I like, um, I actually really like that way of thinking about it. (laughs) But how did you go with writing sales copy? Because obviously you're not a copywriter, but you wrote all of your own copy. How did you find that process, writing the emails, writing the sales pages? Did you find it easy? Did you procrastinate it? I know I, I've always procrastinated it. I'm curious how you went with it. I did procrastinate it to a point, but, um, you know, I always procrastinate everything to a point though. Um, but I think, you know, having your templates was really, really helpful with that. And I have had a copywriter in the past, so that's really helped me find my brand voice. Uh, and really just fit it all together. So I didn't actually find it too hard when I had to sit down and actually do it and put it all together. Yeah, I think actually we probably build it up to be more that we build it up to be worse than we than it actually is. 
we think we think it has to be this perfect writing when in reality it's just you're talking to somebody you're talking to one person yeah. in your audience and instead of saying it out loud you're just writing it in an email or on paper definitely and that's how I sort of would think about it when I was writing it I'm like I'm having a conversation with someone that is asking me about this course so what do they need to know and how you know yeah yeah absolutely wait a copy if you're not an experienced copywriter yeah I mean, it's such a handy skill to have, even in business when you, even if you're at the point where you're like, oh, I might hire a copywriter, it's still so handy to be able to write your copy because that way when the copywriter delivers you the copy, you know what to look for, you know whether it's strategic, you know whether it's going to convert or not, rather than just being like, oh yeah, this is really funny, it made me laugh, but actually the copy could be really weak. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think is, it's so important in any aspect of your business is to be able to do all of that stuff first. Ultimately, I'd love to have a team that does my copy and does my content and, you know, helps me launch. But I need to understand how that works first before you have a team that does it. Yeah, 100%. So you need to understand it. Yeah. All right. I've got one one little last launching question, but it's actually kind of more launch magic related. <laughs> this episode won't go out while doors are open, unfortunately, because we're recording it too close to the cart close time. But um, I'd love to know what you would say to anybody who's thinking about joining launch magic in the next round. Do it. It's as simple as that. You just have to do it. If you've been crafting launching something, you don't know completely what you want to launch yet just do the course it is so helpful and the fact that I can go back and do the other rounds now as I'm going to be relaunching is just so good to know that I can still have that support yeah thank you uh so Shelly where can our listeners find you and connect with you find out more about mealtime magic all of those things yeah, so you can uh, find our website at www.goodlittleeaters.com or on Instagram at goodlittleeaters. Jump in my DMs. I'm always more than happy to have a chat about anything in your times and kids' nutrition related. Um, yeah, and you can find about, uh, out more about mealtime magic there. And we will post links to all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being so open and honest about your launch because I know like sometimes when it doesn't go to plan, it can feel really, I don't know, like almost shameful. Like we just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really appreciate you for sharing all of this so openly with everyone today. Yeah, thank you. And and just to add, like I think that that is you know, and you definitely do feel a little bit of shame at the time, but I think, again, that's what mealtime magic, uh, sorry, launch magic really helped <laughs> uh, because it actually helped me sit back and reflect and now make those changes to be able to launch again with confidence, even if it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Shelley. Thank you.